Elijah. And it's Elijah Andrew? Uh, Elijah Andrew Benavides. Yep. Benavides. All right. What is your age and what do you currently do for a living? I'm 26 and I'm a cop. A cop? Yep. Coppa. Mm-hmm. A law daddy. <laughs> so how long have you been doing that? Three years going on four. It'll be four next year in April. Yeah, April 13th. Nice. It was a Friday the 13th. Wow. That was nice. Uh, as far as getting into that, what is there anything that actually drew you towards that? Actually, at first, I did music for not a long time, but I did music for a few years, and that's what I wanted to do, you know? I wanted to teach music, I wanted to play music, mm. and do the whole thing right obviously it's a little harder to make money music unless uh, you know yeah. you dump all your money into it and you it obviously can be done mm-hmm. but i feel like i didn't have to, one the funds to like the i think the desire to even go full force into music like that so mm-hmm. i was like well maybe i'll teach it you know but halfway through kind of realized school not that it wasn't for me i just at that time and place it wasn't for me mm-hmm. like i'm definitely gonna go back but oh, right now I made a mistake. I oh, know you're good. It's my mother. <laughs> so my mother says the all, same thing all the time. I made a mistake. <laughs> my son. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. But uh, I went to teach music and I kind of realized, I was like, no, it's not. One, there's not too much money that can, you know, you mm-hmm. can get from that. And two, I just, just really wasn't in it like that. I love music for sure, right? But I think I'm more of a hobbyist Yeah. when it comes to music. But... um. My father-in-law, he was like, you're trying to get your career started. I was working kind of like jobs here and there. I was like a, worked at a sushi bar. And then I worked at like a, one of those little nine to five, like cubicle jobs. It was cool. But I mean, and they had really good benefits, but it just wasn't for me. And he was like, hey, have you tried a, because he's a police officer in Dallas. Okay. So he was like, uh, have you tried a, looking into the academy? And I was like, mm, I don't know, man. I don't really, it's not really my type, man. I don't really mess police officers like that. Like, it's not really. Yeah. He's like, well, just look into it, you know, just test or. You know, just see what it what what it requires. So, yeah. took the test. Uh, I don't remember if I got like a high score, but high enough to be in, right? Mm-hmm. So, not that they put you in immediately, but you go forward to the next test, which is like the physical test, and they do like the mental evaluation, then the uh, like the psych eval. That's really what it was, like a psychological evaluation. Yeah. And um, after all that's said and done, then you kind of get ranked, and depending on how far they rank you, they'll either put you in a class or they'll maybe recycle you or whatever, right? Maybe you'll have to apply again. But I got in the academy and it was, I think it started in August. It had to have started in August. Yeah. So September. Yeah. So August of 2017, because I think I graduated in 18. I think that math checks out. (laughs) Anyway, so it was in August and the first day of the academy, I was just, I think I kind of went into it. Just kind of like, oh, it's just the academy, you know, it's just police. It's going to be serious, sure. But I didn't really take into account how serious like right. it was going to be from like that moment on. Like it's, you know. Yeah. I just imagine you being thrown into a domestic disturbance situation, <laughs> guns drawn immediately. Like, <laughs> what did I get myself into? <laughs> no. So the first day of the academy, like you got to show up because you don't have our uniforms yet, right? Like mm-hmm. your, your little shorts, your little shirt with the police academy on it. You know, you don't have all that yet. You, um... You showed up in your dress shirt and your slacks. You're trying to be presentable. Immediately, they're like on you and they smoke you, dude. So they put you in like the middle of the field and they're screaming at you, this and that. You got to pull your papers out. When they tell you pull your papers out, if you don't, they'll go smoke you in the middle of the, the field in front of everyone. And it was rough. I was like, oh my God. It's like, is this something I want to do? But uh, 
obviously the days passed and it got a little easier. It's like, okay, like you've actually, you gotta, you've gotta get your stuff ready a day before at least, right? Mm -hmm. So I didn't really, yeah, like I said, I didn't realize how hard it was, but I made some good friends along the way and realized that, you know, how much I didn't really know. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. You, uh, I don't know how many people come into contact with like a police officer or maybe even, you know, anything of that nature, you know, or have dealt with a police officer. But I mean, there's a lot you don't know and, you know, don't even think about when it does come to that. So learn those things along the way. I was like, oh my God, you know, you could really, you could help if you wanted to. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's not just a job. And, you know, I kind of, that's why I did want to go into it. Cause um, like I said earlier, I did want to teach and I wanted to teach kids, you know, so I kind of wanted to, you know, make a difference. Right. And that sounds cliche, but you know, all cliches are kind of true, you know? Yeah. So that was my main kind of desire to get in there. I kind of wanted to help. And I knew that if I were to be a cop, I wasn't going to be, you know, just, I guess what now is being a kind of, you know, capitalized and, you know, media or things like that. I knew that's not what I wanted to be and that's not what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm glad, like, you know, I'm glad I graduated and did everything that I did want to do. And obviously I'm not done or whatever, but, you know, I'm glad that I, you know, kind of found that, like that path for me and made a lot of good friends along the way. So, but that's, it's kind of it in a nutshell, why I joined and well, I'm still here, man. I, I love it. I love doing what I do. Do you like, see continuing with that? Oh yeah, totally. And I think it's supposed to be, we, we can retire at 25 years, but I might do 30 cause I'm a little younger when I start out, I start at 21. So mm-hmm. it's kind of young, kind of naive, you know? So I think that was probably like best case scenario for them, you know? Yeah. But uh, but they t- okay. So my dad, he was, he was military. So they kind of told you to do this and that. You didn't have a like. Why am I gonna do that? No, I'm not gonna do that. Like, right, yeah. But you go, you roll with the punches, and you you know you figure out like, oh, that actually that actually did help me. You know mm-hmm. later. Yeah. So that was pretty helpful. And we had just had a kid, me and my wife, so that helped out. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, I get a lot of that stuff at work these days with some of the younger folk that you know. I've mentioned it on here before where, you know, you have a guy that's been doing this for 20 years down in a ditch with a shovel digging like crazy. And then, yeah. you know, I'm telling the you know younger guy that's just kind of standing there with the shovel in his hand, like, hey, well, don't let him do all the work. Get down in there and, get yeah. to, you know, help him out. You know, I just sometimes I get that look like, ugh, you know, like, why don't I have to do it? Yeah. Like, well, I mean, it's your job. So yeah, totally. just do it. Got to earn that paycheck, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and there was a lot of that that went on, too, because a lot of people that were teaching the academy, they were uh, not older guys, but they were around long enough to see that mentality that this is how we used to do it, you know, so do it that way. They were kind of against that. Like, I know it's probably what they did back in the day, but we don't do that shit. Like, that's, we don't do that. And see, I can understand that to an an extent where, you know, that's, that's how it, that's how things just worked in the past and they did work. But at the same time, you got to understand that people have different situations they're going through. People you change. Have, well, yeah, that, yeah. that too, Culture but to, changes. to make people happy, at least, you know, people want to be heard and they want to have yeah. their opinions thrown out too. They want to be able to judge something. You know, I understand if somebody says, why am I doing this in a way of let me understand why we're doing this so I can maybe do it better and do it properly instead of why am i doing this yeah. i'd rather someone else do it and me just stand around and watch yeah you know? it's, it's just how it's uh how it's addressed i guess 
Yeah. Like I was saying earlier, I think that's what I was trying to say, but I couldn't find the words for it. It was just like, there was that mentality. Like we did it this way for so long. Just, just do what we do, you know? And that was, you know, it's obviously not good. Yeah. You know, you gotta be able to think for yourself and, Mm -hmm. you know, so we had some really good, uh, I guess, instructors there. They're like, no, I know that's how we did it, but you know, times are changing. Like it's, we, you know, we've all got a job to do. And if you're trying to go home at the end of the night, then this is how you do it. This is how mm. you avoid a fight. You know, right. whoop some ass. We need to whoop some ass, but, you know. Yeah. Avoid a fight when you can. I mean, it's life, basically. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> but when you are in a power position, definitely have to keep that in mind. Yeah, totally. Especially, um, you know, like me, if I've been pulled over, you know, a few times in my life. And regardless of, you know, my skin color or my guilt or anything whether I'm completely comfortable or just for whatever reason nervous, as soon as somebody you know walks up with that uniform and I hear that click click on the on the on the ground walking towards me, I, there's something in me that's just like, oh, this yeah know, even I, I, I even sit I, up straight and I, I gotta you know make sure I'm doing stuff properly. But I mean, yeah, there's been a situation before that. Do you have your insurance? Yeah, I'm reaching for my glove box. I'm thinking. I just, without hesitation, I reach for it. And I'm not even considering that yeah. that's part of the things that they look for and that you don't do yeah. <laughs> in a situation like that. I don't feel like I'm an idiot or anything, but. Right. They told if, you to do something, you're probably going to do it. And you're like, oh my God. Yeah. And if I watch someone else do it, I'm thinking, oh, you idiot. But I'm just uncontrollably doing it. So. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, people are just, uh, when they get a little nervous, they just do things that I wouldn't normally do, I guess. And it's. Yeah. I think there's a lot of over nervousness too. Yeah, for sure. Like I used to walk into the car and like, okay, I'm going to reach for the, yeah, I told you to, it's okay. Like, and I worked in a really bad side of town, like really, really bad where there are just no resources and just, it was, and it wasn't that everyone there was bad. Totally not. Right. But it was just, like I said, it was a lack of resources and it was always just two or three knuckleheads that are just, are they stealing cars or Mm -hmm. doing robberies or like, you know, like bad heinous shit you know so i think there was a lot of over nervousness that i saw you know but i mean to no fault of anyone out there i mean you just all we do is just consume a lot of media and that's that's all we see and then so that's i'm I'm we're a slave to our environment totally like i'm guilty of it too like i even uh the other day i got pulled over and i was like oh my god oh my god what's gonna happen you know (laughs) am i gonna get a ticket (laughs) you know i knew i wasn't gonna go to dill or anything but i was like am i gonna get a ticket yeah, it's, uh, even I still get that way, you know, and I've, a lot of my friends are cops, not all, but a lot of my friends are cops. So, I mean, you know, I know the world and I know what to look for, what not to look for, what not mm. to do, right? Yeah. So, I can only imagine people that are just like, I don't fuck with cops. Like, like absolutely not. Like, I do not support law enforcement. Fuck it. If a cop tries to stop me, I'm not stopping or I'm not even going to listen. Like, yeah, you got to pull me out or whatever, you know? I saw that a lot and I think now the cops expect that too. Expect mm-hmm. for people to be as opposing right like right term, to, yeah to oppose them. yeah you know and we're trained for that i mean at least where i work we're, we're trained for that and you know we me i thrive under pressure I like that when stuff like that happens like it's not that that's my element but you know it's okay that stuff does happen because it will happen right and if yeah. you know if you're not prepared for it that's yeah oh well situations change in a heartbeat too so yeah, you, you have to figure be, it out you have to be ready yeah totally so as far as your mental preparation and psych evaluation and all that stuff, did they give you, I mean, drill you on your past and put you in certain scenarios, I imagine, to see how you would handle it? Or So there was kind of two psychological evaluations in a way. One was a polygraph, like a lie detector test. Mm-hmm. That was the one that the department did. 
And then the other test was just kind of this third party, just psychological evaluation for lack of a better term. Um, I don't even know what company it was, but you did this test. It was just like a, a written test and you had to answer the answers truthfully and because I guess a psychologist would evaluate that and mm-hmm. then you would talk to a psychologist after after you did that. They would talk to you and be like, hey, you know, what's one thing you're looking forward to? What's one thing you're not looking forward to? And they would pick your brain and see if, you know, you're not cut out for it. And I don't even remember a question on there. I felt like one of those just random questionnaires on the internet you'd see or something, but mm-hmm. I don't even remember the guy too much. But he was just kind of straightforward with it. He was like, it's one thing you're not looking forward to. And I was like, honestly, probably the writing aspect. Because I was like, yeah, my father-in-law, he uh, he said there's a lot of typing that goes on. He was like, uh, the more fun you have, there's going to be more paperwork. And I was like, oof. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I imagine. You yeah. got to have a record of everything. Yeah, so. you're typing. I was typing at least like at least three reports a day. Yeah. So we're speaking like a burglary of a house, you know, or someone got their car stolen. Or if it was something as easy as that or like a domestic thing, right? But if there was something crazy that happened at least say a robbery or something like that right then that would be the entirety of my day that yeah. investigation would continue from the start of that whenever it happened and then until we finished which would take hours yeah you know depending on if it was good enough for a detective to come out or if it was just something that just needed to be written paper on or whatever right but yeah if you're in a situation like that and you have the detective come out how does that feel it's like oh great now i'm not really going to be here all day or <laughs> <laughs> uh, kind of, yeah, but it's, it's sometimes it depends what detective you got. Cause there was a, not that there was a lot of bad robbery. There weren't a bad, lo- a lot of bad robbery detectives at all. Uh, there wasn't even any, any bad that I can think of, but there was a few that were my absolute favorite when they came out. I was like, oh yes. My guy's here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. I'm sure you've got a ton of stories and stuff. I didn't want to get, you know, all on that, but of course it's something interesting to talk about. Cause yeah. I've never, other than being pulled over. And one time in Deep Ellum, I guess a cop came up and I was outside. It was, a, it was at Curtain Club mm-hmm. in Deep Ellum. And yeah, I guess he knew one of the guys that was playing or something. Because oh, he, he asked me, hey, is such and such band playing? Yeah. And I was like, uh, no, they just I think they just got done or something. And then that guy came out. They talked for a few minutes. He went back inside. Then the cop was just asking me about music. Because I, I can't remember if I actually, I think I played that night too. Played earlier. Sure. And as we were talking, I look over and my truck is parked on the side of the road, not too far off from where we are. And someone was turning and they just scraped the side of my truck, just completely scraped right up to it. And I just looked at the cop and the (laughs) cop watched it happen. He looked at me. He just shook his head. I said, that's my truck. (laughs) (laughs) He shook his head harder. He goes, well, let's go take care of it. (laughs) Oh my God, man. So that's kind of interesting. I don't know what his jurisdiction was there, what he was doing there. If he sure. was, you know, if that's really his. If he was Dallas or not. Or yeah. Was he yeah. Dallas though? Yeah. yeah oh, okay. Because he ended up taking a report and oh, all yeah. that stuff. It got worked out eight months later, but. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're in Dallas, like everything that happens in Dallas, it's, you know, unless it's like they came to Dallas, they want to report something, let's say in Forest Hill or something like that, right? Then you've got to go back to Forest Hill and report it or just call or whatever. Mm. But yeah, if it happened in Dallas, it's Dallas is so. Yeah. Oof. But other than that, just talking to that dude, I haven't really talked with anybody in law enforcement or anything. So yeah. it's interesting to understand the person under the badge if yeah. you can, you know, yeah. in some situations. Yeah, totally. Do you want to elaborate a little bit on what you currently do? Or I don't do know you want to? I can. I think that would be a. 
So you're I work, wish. So I, you're working some cool stuff. Uh, probably. You know, it's you know it's not as cool as um. Uh, to me, it's cool, right? To know that it's not like high speed, low drag. Like you know, you're like running to buildings, <laughs> like you know, saving babies. You know, right, like right. cool stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, catching bad guys like that, but I mean, we do catch some really fucking bad guys. Yeah, some really bad fucking. I guys. guess what you're doing is more of like more of a more of a mental game. Yeah, it's more to... of an investigative role. It's it's fun, man. I love it, especially. Uh, how do I even? Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, since we can't talk about that, we can talk about other stuff. Oh, definitely. One thing that I've talked about in here is that stupid a cab crap yeah. that i see which you know people have their reasons whatever yeah. they want to whatever they want to cling on to but i have to ask are you a bastard no <laughs> <laughs> since all cops are bastards apparently <laughs> i just uh, i thought you know for the longest time i thought it was bad so all cops are bad i was like oh damn that's yeah, fucked up that would, could, well, that's, you know what i could totally see that mentality though like i mean i definitely don't agree with it right but i mean yeah. I, I do see how that could happen you know just you know, you, all you just see are just these bad videos. All right, like, right. fuck. Like, that's a bad looking, <laughs> right. you know. And oh, there are wow. sometimes where... Somebody's getting it outside. I know, man. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of bad videos. And I will say, though, that there are... You know, I'm not like an apologist or anything like that. But there are a lot of videos that I've seen that, you know, look bad to some people. And I'm like, oh, you know, it's not that bad. Because yeah, I, right. I can totally see why he acted that way. Sure. You know, whether it's warranted, unwarranted. Like, no, I could totally see that, you know. Standard reaction. To, yeah. to to the situation specifically. Yeah, and every video is different because it's you've got so many variables you've got to account for. You've got the different place, the time, the cop, the not the bad guy, but just the other party, right? Sometimes it's a bad guy, sometimes it's just a good guy, you know. But it's just different kind of call, you know. You just mm -hmm. there's so many variables. You just can't. It's not a apple for apples, and I think sure. that's kind of you know we all do that. We compare things like, oh, well, how come he didn't do this? How come he didn't get shot? Yeah, you know, that's, that's, that's if the you, worst. If you have 100 videos out of 100,000 events and the only ones that you put out there are the negative ones, yeah. then it's hard to avoid at that point. Not every single thing is going to be elevated through social media or you know regular media or whatever yeah. because there's just so many events. Dude, and, and it like, seems like the most negative one is going to be the one that you bring up the highest and everybody yeah. thinks that that is what happens all the time in yeah. every situation. Yeah. You know, and it's... And I think that when you do bring those things up, let's say George Floyd or some other video, a recent video, I don't even know. I don't even know a recent video. But when you compare those two things, I don't think that's one fair to the person that either died or got hurt, you know, to the next person that died or got hurt. I don't mm -hmm. think that's fair to them, yeah. you know? Like you said, it's just hard to compare. Yeah. Because hardly any scenarios are going to be remotely close just because of someone's priors, because of who the people are with oh, yeah. that aren't in the video that yeah. are behind the cop or, you know, who knows what the yeah, hell goes on. Yeah, and that's a huge on. thing too. Like sometimes whenever we would go to a call, we would know who was there, who called and what, if they've got warrants or if that, you know, we, we would know that, you know. Mm -hmm. And sometimes what we don't see on camera too, like you said, the who's behind you, that's, that's a huge thing for me. Like when people are behind me, like, yep. no, that's yep. a huge thing. That, you know, back yourself little, up to your car or something. <laughs> yeah. I guess those little hairs in the back of your neck stand up when right. someone's behind you, you don't know what they're doing, especially when like you're dealing with something. Oh shit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because you want to be focused on what you're doing for yeah. one thing, but I can see how that would be extremely agitating if you have somebody that's, you know, I don't want to say not complying. It just sounds so, that phrase just sounds so 
lame these days, but you know, yeah. just not, they're not composing themselves and you're trying to squash the situation from getting worse. And then you've got who knows behind you distracting you. And you're like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to handle something. You no, know, leave me oh, alone. Yeah. Or then you get other people coming up and filming and, you know, giving you a hard time as you're oh, doing yeah. your job and trying to remedy the situation. And then that's when everyone starts to share is from that moment, whenever you start to lose your temper a little bit yeah, and you're frustrated with everyone and everything. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> that would, and I would think not that be a like, job for me. there's a lot of criticalness that goes on between like both sides, I think, obviously, but I think there's, it's kind of harder to really blame a lot of people who are, you know, let's say that did get called on and they didn't do anything, you know, they're going to be agitated, you know, it's like, well, you shouldn't mm-hmm. have been mad at the cop or you shouldn't have, like, it's okay. It's okay to be mad, you know? Right. But And I think things like that, like, I, I don't know if that's the same situation, but I'll just give you an example. So sometimes when you're there to handle something, right, like a domestic or something, baby mom will call the baby dad because he's there and they got into a fight and she's like, you know what? I'm going to show this motherfucker. He's got warrants, right? Mm-hmm. So she's like, I'm just going to scare him, right? So she calls us. We'll get there. And then he's got like a warrant for, let's just say, burglar or whatever, right? And we're like, oh, shit, we got to take him to jail, right? And then if it's just one of you or two of you, you know, you can get the job done, but it's not going to be as safe if you have like a, a few people, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So sometimes like when you'll get there, you'll, you know, you got a job to do and you've got to separate the parties, right? Because in Texas, you've got to do two things. You've got to report it. If there's a family violence offense, you've got to report it and you've got to separate the parties, right? So if you don't do those two things, it's your ass. So Texas mm-hmm. doesn't play with it. comes to family violence. But anyway, you'll be there to take him to jail or something. And then you'll start putting him in handcuffs. And if he doesn't fight, sometimes the chick, she's like, oh, I just oh. wanted you to scare him. She'll jump on you from behind you. Mm. That shit's happened before. And that fucking sucks. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. yeah it's <laughs> crazy. And you know what? I would say that I haven't gotten any knockdown dragouts with too many men. But dude, there's some girls that put up a I do. Really want to yeah. throw down, huh? Yeah, girls girls go balls to the wall. No, no, I've been in some knockdown dragouts with dudes and like <clears throat> obviously if you're fighting to survive, you know that kind of like, oh my god, all the not training, but just like you're like fuck it. I got to I got to live. You know that right. you get that mentality, but I don't think I've ever thank god, you know. I've never been in that situation where it's like, oh my god, like it's either him or me. You mm-hmm. know. But I don't think I've ever met a dude that's like, oh my god, I'm going to die. Right. You know, but girl, they just, they just, the girls only have like one mode when it, that I've seen that sometimes when that happens, when they think that their, their baby dad's going to jail, that that's happened a lot, dude. Crazy. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny now, but at the time you're like, oh my God, <laughs> right? what is he going to do? Is he going to try to grab a knife? You know, some yeah. crazy shit. You think the worst, right? But it never happened that way for me. Right. Thank yeah. God. But that's good. Hopefully it never will. Yeah. It's funny, man. So what do you think about like all the TV shows and movies and stuff? Do you, do you have to watch that stuff with a much more critical eye and I wasn't even just stay away from those. <laughs> those no, things. I don't watch too many cop movies, man. I really don't. I like a uh, cop related things, maybe mm-hmm. like heist movies or mm-hmm. so like that, like a reservoir dogs, all that the other day. Oh, yeah. And I didn't really I think I watched that like a few years ago and then I watched it the other day and I was like, Oh hell yeah, this is good. <laughs> and then there's like one line in there. I was like, Oh, that's fucking sweet. Spoiler alert. If you haven't seen it. Uh, so they just get back from, robbing the bank a couple of them didn't make it right and they're cleaning themselves off they got a lot of blood on them and then they're kind of upset of how you know the deal went down mm-hmm. have you seen you've seen yeah. it right yeah. okay and then he was like 
did you kill anybody? He was like, eh, no real people, just cops. Yeah. I was like, fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> I thought that was like one of the coolest lines in there. But there's, I think in that movie though, you do get like a good, uh, not a full full circle, but you just, it's a good spectrum because there's, there's a cop in there. I guess he he's getting trained to be an undercover cop, right? right? And his other trainer's teaching him how to like sell a story. Uh-huh. You know, and it's, everything he's telling him was like, oh, shit, you know, that's that's real. Everything he's telling him is real. He's like, you've got to remember everything about that bathroom. You know, there's no doors, that there's a lot of people in there. If it didn't flush, that there's, you know. He was like, because if you're not a great actor, you're a bad actor. And th- they'll know it. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's true. It's wow. real true. So that, that stuff. cop culture movies. Nah. And you know what? It's funny that you say that. Because I think just last week, I saw Super Troopers for the first time. Like the mm-hmm. first one. Yeah. It's the worst movie I've probably ever seen. Yeah. A lot of my <sighs> friends would try to get me to watch it. Really bad. I think I got halfway through it and I just, I couldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it ha- must be one of those situations where I had to have seen it when it came out and just kept watching it and it probably would have been better to me. But sure. I just, uh, yeah. not for me. Yeah. I, I guess so. I mean, Dumb and Dumber is still always going to be good, you know, but yeah. it's just, I don't know. I think they just try to force it, but it's okay. No, yeah. but, uh, yeah, some, some of it's good. You know, some of the, there are some that are pretty accurate, um, but not many, but I mean, that's with everything that showbiz baby. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. You got to inflate some stuff for oh, yeah. entertainment value. Hell yeah. So you play guitar, right? Yes, sir. Do you play anything else? Uh, a little bit of bass just now. Um, I'll program drums, but I don't think I'd even be able to play anything on drums if you set one in front of me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-mm. And I definitely don't do vocals. Nope. But <laughs> so no, <laughs> that's a really long-winded answer for saying just guitar. <laughs> yeah, just guitar? Yeah. So how long have you played? Oof. Maybe since I was 16, so 10 years. Mm. Shit. Nice. Thanks for making me feel old. Shit. Get out of here. You don't know how old I am. How long have you been playing guitar? I don't even know. Since uh, 95, oh, I shit. guess. Dude, I was born <laughs> in 95. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, man. I'm going to be 40 next year. Oh, nice. You're prime, baby. Yeah. All my bulging discs and tired all the time. <laughs> and your knees. <laughs> yeah, my knees. Yeah, have you, as far as, for what you've done, have you, is there anything that's kind of started to destroy your body or do they really try to keep you guys nice and fit and encourage you to work out and stuff? Uh, so that's a, there's not really anything that they've done. The Academy, mm-hmm. really, they'll tell you because they're a bunch of fitness nuts there, right? Which is good, you know, because you don't want to meet someone that's just kind of into fitness, you know, because that'll definitely taper off, you know? Yeah. But like I said, I was I was young enough to know and to really listen you know and not just like oh i know how you're doing it but it's it's fine i when i leave i'll do it my own way you know but um no there was a my class instructor like our main instructor he was in a fitness nut but he had a bunch of stories to where like if he wasn't fit it would have been really bad for him because he mm. used to work in detroit so yeah yeah but there's not really anything there's incentives so you do like a agility test every year if you pass it you get like a a bonus or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of us in the newer classes were kind of a uh, grandfathered into that, so you have to do it anyway. You'll get your bonus anyway, but you have to do it. So other than your just personal accountability, you just you've got to want to stay fit, you know. Just if not, I mean, 
to you. Your job's going to be harder. Yeah. On yourself too, yep. I would imagine. Yep. And that, I've seen that. Just not an ideal, like. Yeah. I don't know where it was state. that I saw. Two two cops on the side of the road somewhere. Kid you not, this this guy had to have been three hundred something pounds. You know, not not six foot eight. I mean, yeah. he was he yeah, was short. And, and I'm not even trying to like thinking, be man, dude. That's unbody positive because I'm super body positive, right? <laughs> yeah. Like when it comes to, I'm just thinking, how are you going to run after somebody, man? Yeah. You're going to hurt yourself. And that's just <laughs> it. Like you just at that point you just don't. And but at that same time, I know like someone that size may not want to do that anymore. But sometimes, at least for me, like I was a shit magnet. So sometimes things will just run into you. Mm. You know, you've got to handle up. If yeah, not, I right. mean, best case scenario, they get away. Worst case scenario, you don't go home. Yeah. That's it. I don't, I don't know what to say. <laughs> One thing that I forgot to ask that I actually forgot to put down on this thing. In that situation, like where if you get, you know, somebody comes running at you or something like that. As far as getting into fights and being able to protect yourself and try to minimize situations as much as possible, how do you feel about cops having like jujitsu training and stuff like that? Dude, I'm a huge proponent for that. Like, I love it, man. Not that I love getting into fights, but when things go to the ground, that's it, man. Mm -hmm. Because now I think, I don't know the actual statistic. I'm just saying, nine out of 10 fights that I've been in always go to the ground. That's the best place to put someone in handcuffs if, you know, I mean, obviously you're going to want them to be compliant, right? Mm -hmm. That's the best mental state compliance, but which is when someone's just kind of on the ground. Yeah, totally. But I think it's super important to know what you're doing when it comes to getting into use of force, like manipulating them enough to where you don't have to use anything on your little bat belt, right? Right. Maybe a strike, but the arm manipulation, that's a lot of it, man. Mm -hmm. Because we don't do chokes or anything like that. That's deadly. Right. That's lethal force. I mean, obviously, if you're going to die, and you know, if you got like a knife or something like that, then you figure it out, right? Right. But if it just comes to just taking someone down and just putting them under, you know, let's say they're a, what do they call it? Like if they're psychologically, you know, not there, mm. you know, a lot of them just, just resist because mm. they just don't know any better yeah. sometimes, you know? So you just, you just got to manipulate the joints and you know figure out how to get them to the ground and do it safely right because right. you don't want to beat the shit out of them right especially if they're unarmed but i think that's super important jiu-jitsu or brazilian jiu-jitsu like it's all important mm-hmm. do they do any sort of training like that in in-house or oh yeah a lot of our uh trainers they were all really high belts and that was one of the biggest wake-up calls for me they called it like a close quarter survival training mm-hmm. so in that they did um like a pre-fatigue they called it so you're just in the gym you know you're wearing your just regular stuff right uh, your shorts your shirt and they'll work you out till where you don't even want to work uh. like you're just you're just done but that's just like that's just like the beginning not like trying to but yeah. that's the beginning and after that uh, they'll call your name so let's say you're you're with two people right me and another guy right so we'll both work out at the same time We'll do the same workouts and they'll call him or I first. Let's say they call him first, right? He goes to go wrestle, but I'm still working out. So we wrestled with these huge dudes that were all BJJ masters. Like they were all sick, dude. Yeah. I swear to God. They put you in a position to where when you start wrestling, you're just like, I can't. I just cannot. <laughs> like I physically can't. Like right. mentally I want to, but I'm just, I just can't, you yeah. know? So you're doing your best with that 2% energy you have. So you're right. doing your best and they know, right? So, 
they laugh at you yeah right? oh yeah <laughs> that's what it is for i know for all the instructors there it's just like a it's a field day for them just to beat sure. up the recruits you know yeah they'll uh they'll tangle you up a few times and after like that for a few minutes then you've got to go box after that oh. that's it but Man, you get into that boxing ring and you have the gloves on, you've got the helmet on, you've got your mouthpiece in, and your arms aren't even up. I was going to say, like, man, you know? your hands, you're probably just shaking your arms, you know, yeah. just to struggle to yeah. hold them up. Yeah, and some of these dudes are like golden glove, like, <laughs> shit, dude. It, it was fun. It was, I wouldn't say I would do it again, but if I had to, I mean, I'd have to, right? But, dude, that was the worst. That was, But I was saying, that was the biggest wake-up call for me, because I think I didn't know what I was doing. They're like, all right, go. They wanted me to wrestle. Like they threw me in there and I was like, oh shit. Like, yeah. What do I do? Do I just like grab his head and push it into the ground or like, right. no, but you don't even get that chance because they just grab you and snatch you up. Wow. Yeah. I've seen a lot of videos with just how a smaller guy can manipulate a larger guy yeah. just by, you know, using the joints, just aiming for one specific movement. And that's most likely going to subdue the person or get them to stop doing what they're doing. Yeah. And I guess for people to know that in your position... Yeah, because you can encounter any type of person on the road, you know, whether they're all methed up and or or what, you know, got to be able to handle yourself. So I feel like that was something that was thrown out probably in the last few years that people would always say, you know, I think cops need more training. We should probably put in more groundwork kind of stuff like that. Some BJJ and see see how everything works out. Yeah, it's good to. It's important for like uh, departments to put that on sure if they're the fundings for it you know definitely right right? but i mean it's kind of accountability thing if you don't want to if you want to go home at the end of the night i mean try but then you get a bunch of people saying they want to defund the police so you want people to not have the money to train their people so dangerous (laughs) don't understand that thought process yeah that's so dangerous that was one of the things that like here recently i was like what (laughs) i don't get it It's like, no, not like, not really defined. Just like, you know, well, you need to find a different word or a different phrase or (laughs) something, you know, it's just a, you know, redirection of funds is is what I think probably what they mean. Yeah. You know, because I've seen that as as far as like having counselors come out for certain situations instead of an officer, which I totally understand. But is that even an option? There's a time and a place to have, you know, a non- you know, like a non-officer, like just like a non-sworn employee go mm-hmm. by and like take a report call or something, you know? Yeah. But if the, if it's something violent, like there's no way. Yeah. And you also don't know what can get violent from a conversation. Big agree. Yep. That's hard, man. Yeah. All right. Let's go back to music. I'm sorry. No, you're good. <laughs> Since you talked about teaching, do you know how to read music? I used to, but I can read the hell out of a tab. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing I cannot do is read music. It is not for me. You know what? Like it's, don't dog me, but I was in choir for a year and a half. So the half was the semester. It was junior year. And I talked to the choir teacher. And so I'm trying to get into music theory, yada, yada, yada for next year, or maybe this year if I can. He was like, oh, he was like, well, let me just put it in like in layman's terms. It's kind of like doing algebra and you don't know how to add yet. And I was like, mm. okay, then what do I do? He was like, well, just try the choir out for just half the semester. And then next year, he was like, I recommend, you know. So I did it just as an elective. And I was like, oh, my God, it's like the worst elective ever. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, but luckily, I learned a little bit of theory in there. And then the following year, I was like, okay, time. Let's do this music theory thing because I'm going to go to college for it. Let's, let's hit it hard, right? Yeah. They canceled music theory that year. Oh. Dude. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? Just stay in choir, right? Not that big a deal. But yeah. it, 
because I, I genuinely liked just learning the material and you know just the music theory aspects of it you know it was fun sure yeah. we always like were uh going out of town and doing stuff so it was cool and i learned a lot there but i really wish they had offered music theory but yeah i've tried i mean i haven't given it 100 percent. that's for sure I'll, I'll admit that but there's yeah. been times where i mean I've, I've got tons of books and stuff i would look at something and just say all right i'm gonna look at it you know, for a couple of days this week and let's see if I can apply it to this or maybe relate it to tab somehow and try to right. try to find a connection somewhere to help me understand. I just have to have a teacher or something. Yeah. If I really want to do that because I'm That's so I can't deceiving do that. with the tabs. Like you think like the the lines correspond to the sheet music uh-huh, and right, but it right. has nothing to do you know <laughs> yeah, exactly. like, oh wait what? <laughs> Where's the four? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm fine with just seeing some twos and threes and fours, and yeah, I'm good yeah. to go. I'll figure it out. I'll write material, right? And I'll record it, right? And a week from now, I'm like, oh my God, like what did I write? And I'll have to tab it out. Tabs uh, yeah. are a lifesaver, though. So. Yeah, and see, still, I've I've got, you know, Guitar Pro and all that stuff, and I, I've never, yeah. I never use anything as far as tabs go. I've, I've relied on my ear most of my life, you know, Agreed. with playing yeah. music. So, I mean, there are situations where I'll go back to a track just the same and I, I'm listening to it and I'm thinking, I don't remember how the hell I did that. So what I normally do is record a video of me playing something so I can at least see what the hell I'm doing. Yeah. You know, if I have to, you know, come back to it years later or something. Yeah. But I, just, I don't know. Tabs are just uh, take too damn long for me. Yeah. It's unfortunate that like no one in my family either like plays any, mus- any musical instrument. Wow. Like no one. Uh, but I will say though, I think I'm going to get my kid into it. Yeah, she's four now. So yeah. yeah, she's really into music. And, you know, she's got perfect pitch, too. Well, I'll tell her to sing a song or something, and she'll sing it, like, in the right key. She'll start it in the nice. right key. Like, dude. That's yeah. awesome. So what kind of music did you start with? Or what got you into actually playing? <sighs> what got me into playing, really? Yeah, I've always loved music. I think earliest time I can remember being, like, absolutely in love with, like, a band or an artist. I was probably eight to ten. My uncles, they listened to like a bunch of like hair metal and shit, you know, yeah, like yeah. the stuff an uncle would listen to, right? Right. They got me to like Pantera and System of a Down. I was like eight. I absolutely <laughs> love that shit, That's you know? Crazy. Kind of a weird place to start for like an eight year old, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I think, uh, yeah, it was that. Just the one to know how it worked. And yeah, I was like, you know what? I want drums. I want a drum set. So I asked my parents for a drum set for Christmas when I was around like 15 or so. And they got me a guitar. I was like, this, okay. <laughs> they know somebody that has yeah. drums is what yeah. that is what it is. And yeah. somebody else said, don't do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're going to hear that banging around shit all yeah. day. Yeah. So I was like, uh, oh, that's funny. Okay. Man, I wonder how that would have worked out if they actually got you a drum set. I know. Would you be a phenomenal drummer today? <sighs> doubt it. <laughs> yeah. Doubt. <laughs> yeah. No. And after that, they were like, okay, we'll get you this guitar and we'll get you another one. But you've got to make sure you try to like actually play it. I was like, okay, right. that's fine. Right. Obviously fell in love with it. And, um, uh, there were pastors at a church. Mm. So they were like, okay, now it's time to, you know, play with the church. I was like, what? <laughs> I don't know if I want to. Do they know but, Metallica? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we doing covers or right. No, but, uh, yeah, for a long time I played with uh, my parents' church. I was like, I was really, yeah, I was like, not 16. Yeah. Like 16 ish. Play for a couple of years and then I was just like, okay, no more. Yeah. Like I've got to, because I obviously was learning my own stuff and just kind of had my own, you know, I guess opinion about music and didn't really want to play. Right. One, five, six, four. You know? Yeah. 
Yeah. So. And have like a 10 minute bridge, you know? You're right. <laughs> yeah. But. So what about musicians? Anybody specific that you enjoyed or like try to emulate? <sighs> man, I would say I tried to emulate Dimebag, but there's no way, man. Like, I, But I did love watching him play. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved watching him play. I was a huge fan of uh, Dave Mustaine as a kid. Mm. I really liked um. So do you favor Megadeth over Metallica for the most oh, part? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, interesting. I, and, and I don't know why, like, I did. I just Which one did you hear first? Metallica. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. I heard Metallica okay. way earlier than I heard Megadeth, but I just... Something about, you know... Just, I don't know. A lot of people don't like Dave's voice, but it's all right, man. They get used to I it. Like it. Yeah. I mean, that was my first impression. I got into Metallica before Megadeth, and somebody gave me a Megadeth CD and said, you should hear these guys if you like Metallica. So I listened... I forgot what it was. Uh, Countdown to Extinction. Yeah. I heard that, and I thought... These guys just sound like they want to be Metallica. Yeah. So that's where my head was. Yeah. And, you know, I heard it, but I didn't like his vocals that much. Just sure. the same. It wasn't a, like, I hate this, you yeah. know, but it was just different, but not in a way that I was interested in at the time, yeah. which I kick myself for. Yeah. So, so I didn't listen to them for the longest time. And then, you know, later down the line, I started listening to them and I thought, fuck, man, I wish I'd. I wish oh, yeah. I would have listened to them more because I think I would have been a much better lead player yeah. earlier on, you know, instead of, I mean, I tried to emulate more of the rhythm side of Metallica, not really the lead yeah. side, you know, composition wise, stuff like that. But still, I mean, Dave Mustaine had some really interesting oh, yeah. song composition and, you know, melodies and stuff like that. I just, I feel like I missed out a lot early on. I could have absorbed more of their stuff. Yeah. No, I agree. Like I just... Yeah, I was just immediately drawn to them a little more than I was uh, Metallica. They're a little more raw, mm-hmm. I guess you could say. Yeah. But yeah. Could be a little bit more intricate. I think like what pushed, because like I, I liked guitar, but I think what really pushed me was I had like a, a MySpace when I was a kid and this one band, you know, they can like add you as a friend or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know who a Legion is? Yeah. Yeah. So they added me and I was into their music and I was like, huh, like what is this? You know, it's this technical death metal. You know, so after that, like... I'd found the Black Dolly Murder. I'd listened to Necrophages. I was like, oh my God, like this whole new world. <laughs> right, you know? right, right. So yeah, after that, I just watched like a bunch of Muhammad videos from uh, <laughs> Necrophages. Right. I was like, dude, this guy's nuts. And like, I listened to like the faces. I was like, oh my God. Michael <laughs> Keane, in- like. Man, endless options. Yeah. Like, f- f- I mean, not to cut you off, but yeah. for me, listening to the Black Album, that's the only one that I heard from Metallica. That was uh-huh. the only like, you know, quote unquote metal that I heard at the time. It was my younger teens. And I heard somebody playing Master of Puppets somewhere and I thought, who is what is this? Yeah. And then they said it's Metallica. I'm thinking, they have more albums? Yeah. So, you know, then I get <laughs> go start buying Metallica albums, but you know, that other world of metal and stuff, I had no clue that was I mean, some of the stuff that you're talking about, I don't know if that was out just yet anyway, but there was still other stuff sure. out there that I had no clue existed. It might have been like oh eight or something, like I'm talking early two thousands for sure. Yeah. And I think the first heavier thing that I enjoyed was Lamb of God, hearing Randy Blythe's vocals That's it, i didn't man. really like yeah. heavy vocals for whatever reason i heard now you've got something to die for over in a record store or something just blaring yeah. over the speakers and i thought man that type of scream yeah. uh you know growl vocals that is unique and that that's what that's what got my foot in the door for the heavier oh, yeah. stuff and then just like you said i was gonna like say a that's a good world. segue like, for wow. like that really like that's a really good segue 
Yeah, and they put on a damn good show too. Yeah, they're good. Yeah, Fuck. yeah. Around that time too, like yeah, I totally forgot to mention them, but yeah, they're God. They were one of the bigger influences to me too. Yeah. What kind of guitar do you play? I have a couple. I still have one of my first ones. Uh, it's a Dean Razorback. I still have that one. Yeah. I have a. Uh, just bought. Not just bought. Maybe a couple years now. It's an Ibanez. I hate how they code all the the numbers. You know. But it's a it's a right. premium Ibanez. It's got like a Floyd Rose on it. That's a six string, and then I have a seven string Strandberg, nice. like the classic Strandberg. Yeah, it's okay. That's cool. Not a huge fan of it. No, I'm a huge fan of it. I just, I, I guess over the past year, I've been diving way more into using my trim. You know, mm. a lot more so. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. And I'm getting away from using sevens. You know, like I used to, and I had an eight for a couple of years. I had an Agile eight, and it's just. It's too much for me, man. My <laughs> hands aren't very big, you know? Yeah. It was just too much for me. It was really heavy, you know, but... if Did I got some Legion? No, it didn't. Actually. Oh, wow. Come on, man. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> no, no. Uh, I got an 8 for a while, and I just... I liked it, you know, because it sounded cool, but it just... For me, it was impractical, because I, I, all I did was just play in that bottom string. Right. You know, so it was just kind of... Not counterproductive, but for me, it was counterproductive, because that's all I wanted to do, is just make something to where... It would be more rhythm based instead of leady, and I'm not like a lead guitarist by any means. I don't think, but you know, I enjoy playing guitar. You know, instead yeah. of like you know writing rhythms on the drums. You know, <laughs> but right. that's fun to do. If like if you're a whole band, you know, you have those things. But you know, I really enjoy six strings now, and I'm diving more to using trims. And I think that's that's my next purchase. I'm probably gonna sell the Strandberg and either get another Strandberg or buy a Mainz. Nice. Well, I love those. Yeah, those are nice guitars. I don't think I've ever played one, actually. What, a Schoenberg? No, a uh, Mayonnaise. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Razorback that you have, that's a six, too? Yeah. Which type is that? It's not the... Which one it's, did you get? Uh, it's black and blue. It's the <sighs> Dean from Hell Razorback. Okay. Yeah, so it's not the actual Dean from Hell, because that's the just the the original, the ML-styled one, but yeah. the, the actual Razorback. It came out maybe in 2010, or I don't know, but that's around the time I got it. So. Yeah. I immediately fell in love with it because I was a huge Pantera. Still, I'm a huge Pantera fan. I was like, oh, fuck yeah. Let's see. Speaking of music, you have an EP coming out. I do. So let's talk about that. Do you have a release date yet? Nope. But I actually was planning to announce it this month. It's kind of one of those things like, this isn't the first EP I've done like by myself uh, per se. Obviously, I didn't mix and master. uh, Clay did. One of my buddies, Clay. But it's not the first EP that I've done like by myself, but it's the first one that like I'm actually proud of, right? Because mm-hmm. it kind of came from maybe a couple years of not just songwriting, but just like of a like it was more cathartic in a way, right? Like it was just me trying to figure out what I wanted to do, what I wanted to be, how I wanted it to sound. You know, at the beginning, you kind of want to shoot for I guess like a sound or like a a tone, mm-hmm. and sometimes I think that can kind of get in the way of actually making music you sure, know yeah so it, it, and that sounds corny to kind of let the songs write themselves or selves but that's kind of how it happened because there was a point to where i didn't want to for lack of a better term i didn't know if i wanted to do this job for a long time it's like you know it's kind of hard i don't know if it's worth all the stresses like and you could try your best to not bring any of that home you know mm-hmm. right but i mean like my wife even a teacher she brings that shit home you know and it's just it just happens yeah. You know, but at the end of the day, you know, you do bring that stuff home and and it does mess with you. 
And not only you messes with your relationships sure. and like your family and your friends, you just so I guess that's where a lot of that came from. Just it was kind of upsetting, you know. So I think that's where it all came out of. But dude, I'm so happy and I'm so proud of it because I know after this is done, it sounds so weird and it sounds so corny. But I think who I was when I was writing those things, like I don't think I'm the same person, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just because I think the EP is kind of not dark in a way because I've always been kind of into dark music, right? But it's just kind of sad kind of sad in a way so maybe it's like your soundtrack for transitioning into who you are today versus who you yeah were. it was pretty uh yeah it's pretty low so i mean that's kind of how it how it formed itself to be i mean a lot of them are fast as fuck but i mean all those things did help you know write itself so i'm pretty grateful for one finishing it and being happy with it and two kind of being done with it hmm, so yeah. i think that's why it's taken me so long to put it out or kind of want to develop more around it or to make it as you know as pristine as it could be like sure. when everything drops it it drops yeah you know because there's a part of me that doesn't really want to deal with it anymore you know and just kind of move on mm-hmm. but i mean i love it dude i'm glad like i'm done with it because it's it's fun to listen to and it's it's good i like it right i mean obviously i wouldn't you know want it to be out but yeah if you enjoy happy. listening to it then that's yeah. that's a good sign yeah i'm hella happy <laughs> with it and like halfway done with the i guess like the new ep i don't know if it's more material i guess you know i don't know if it, i want it to be like a whole album or just like an ep because this was kind of like an impromptu thing too i mean i did want to put out an ep but i was like well maybe i'll get some friends together and it just never happened right it just mm-hmm. there's no vocalist that i was ever like no let's do a whole thing you know I, right you know i relied on andrew you know for one of them you know because he was the only vocalist that i knew was you know, I could kind of connect with, and he was really cool, and, you know, I could kind of deal with professionally, and to be on the one song, but okay, this vocalist, he's definitely more than enough. If I'm going to have one vocal feature, it's probably going to be him, because, you know, I'm cool with him, and he's really fucking good, so, yeah, right. you know, and, yeah, there was just a ton of, like, um things that I wanted to do, but, yeah, for it being what it was, I didn't know if I wanted it to uh, be, like, a whole project, you know, so I just kind of sure. did it under just my first name. But hell yeah, I'm really happy with how it came out and you and Andrew and Bryce being on it, just icing on the cake. So <laughs> Nice. Yeah, thanks for having me on there. Of course, man. Not, so yeah, I'm you, not a lead guitarist by any means, so. Let's talk about that. Is that something you really want to kind of sink what? your teeth into eventually? or? Oh, totally. Because I'll, I'll write solos here and there, right? And I genuinely love listening to solos. Like when it comes to, uh, uh, for instance, uh, Brandon Ellis. Oh, dude. Yeah. I just saw him live like the other day and oh my oh, God, yeah. man. You're it's right. too good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I just I love watching him play, and yeah. the fact that he doesn't even look at the guitar as much as possible. Yeah, you know, and he just sounds better than yeah, it's a little majestic, better thing. than I could just uh, sitting down comfortably as possible and just staring at the fretboard and still messing up. <laughs> yeah, he's nuts, man. And I I do would I mean I would like for that to happen, but I mean you don't just want those things to happen. You got to make them happen, oh, and yeah. like there are pieces of me that's like one foot in and one foot out you know mm-hmm. i do want to like push forward for it and like you know and there's the other half of me it's like well you're just like you don't have time for it you know you're mm. this is just a hobby but i know that's just me being lazy yeah you know? i man i'll tell you that i kind of thought the same as far as trying to improve we'll, we'll just say vibrato for one thing mm-hmm. yeah it, my vibrato used to be terrible and it took me probably a good solid two to three years of being mindful about how I'm bending that freaking string every time that I play and how I'm using my fingers every time that I play. Yeah. So if I can only play for 15 minutes a day, you know, 
two times a week or something, I have to make it count. Yeah. So sure. with that in mind and, you know, listening to Brandon Ellis or whoever, you know, Wes Hout with the freaking half mile vibrato. He's another level man. Uh, Jesus. I, I just, <laughs> I have that in mind and it's like, I'm trying to emulate that sound however I possibly can. And it was what Wes told me. I took a lesson from Wes and he was saying to incorporate more fingers, you know? So if, I, if sure. I'm bending one string with one finger, I'm not utilizing the other. Like if I'm using my ring finger to bend forward and I'm not also using my middle and pointer on that same string to help really grab the string yeah i'm not giving it full potential you know i could be in much yeah, more control yeah that's true so just having that one sentence from him you know like replay in my head when i when i play that made a big difference but yeah. like i said even two to three years it could have been maybe done faster if i had more time to play i was playing more often but sure. but just making every second count when i do play so that, i mean what I'm getting at is that's what I would suggest. You know, if you don't have time for it or for what you think is required to, to really grow there, I would just say keep that in mind every time you touch that guitar is is yeah. that you're doing this to improve. You know, sometimes you just want to jam though. But yeah. if you really want to improve something, gotta Yeah. Give I think it. I I think when that does happen, I think it's just kinda of, that's my excuse for it, you know, just and you're just good enough with mm-hmm. it, you know. And I, right. but at the end of the day you wanna come back and listen to whatever you wrote and you're like it needs more you know it <laughs> right. needs more like especially if you're looking up to ellis if you want to do some lead stuff i would almost say just start with vibrato yeah <laughs> make sure you have that control because when you have that control you can dial it down if you want to bend the strings like a madman you have the ability to knock it down a notch if you need to if it's not required to go crazy on every single part of a song or solo or whatever oh, yeah you know you, you're in more control, which gives you more ability to play difficult things, I would right. imagine. So it's just kind of how I look at it. Do you have any other milestones or goals with, with guitar or music or just, just kind of going with the flow? It's kind of going with the flow. Um, and I, I really enjoy playing guitar, but I think, probably going to sound like another excuse, but I think that when it does come to playing guitar, it's kind of just another way for you to express either what you're saying or what you're feeling so i think learning other instruments is definitely it's helpful you know that's the that's what i'm the best at right guitar so it's the easiest for me to convey something through Mm -hmm. that right but i think what it comes down to it if i really want to convey whatever you know i should venture into learning you know maybe vocals you know or maybe bass a little better or other instruments that Mm -hmm. you know would complement whatever genre or whatever emotion, you know, I'm trying to capture, sure. right? I think that would be most beneficial. But I think guitar is kind of the, like, I've always been in love with guitar. And I'll always want to progress in guitar. But I think, I, you know, I need to venture into other instruments and, you know, see what it'll do for me or, yeah. you know. Yeah, it'd give you a different perspective on yeah. how to compose something, I guess, with, with yeah. something else. Let's move on to rapid fire, would you rather... This is a one or other situation. Just answer as fast as you can. No context. Just whatever comes to mind first. Dog or cat? Dog. Hot or cold? Cold. Classical music or classic rock? Classic rock. All the way. Half empty or half full? Half full. Past or future? Future. Breakfast or no breakfast? No breakfast. Nice. Mm-hmm. Do you fast? No. Just no, I'm a, uh, on the go? 
No, I'm kind of a brunch kind of guy. Okay. I'm a lazy, <laughs> lazy breakfast. I might know the answer to this next one. Night or day? Night. Mm-hmm. Neither or neither? Neither. Horror or comedy? Comedy. Fly or drive? Oh, drive. Oh, I'm terrified of heights. Yeah? Oh, dude. Mm-mm. No flying. A night in or a night out? Night out. Loud or quiet? Quiet. Dress up or dress down? Dress up. All right, last one. Heads or tails? Tails. Tails it is. Ooh, tails never fails, baby. You get a chocolate. Oh, nice. (laughs) (laughs) You would have got it anyway. (laughs) Did you have any specific movies come to mind when I said horror or comedy? No, but... You know what? I'm more of a I'm more of a horror movie fan. I think long term, but I think at the moment comedy, comedy's okay. where it's at. Yeah, yeah. Because do you have a top three? Top three horror films. Probably number one. It's got to be. It's got to be the witch. That was the a good witch? one. The I witch. never saw that. Fuck. Wow. It's good, man. Because uh, yeah, like I said earlier, my parents they're pastors, so come on, knowledge at theology's. It's okay, right? It's fair. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little more than fair. But I think what they did in that movie, they kind of... That was their audience, I think. Okay. And they kind of used that and like try to scare that audience. And it was it's pretty fucking good. Man. Okay. It's good. It's, I'll have to keep that in mind. I'm not I definitely to, need to go revisit that. I'm not going to boost it too much, but just, yeah, just watch it. It's good. Nice. All right. That. Uh, Children of the Corn, because obviously mm. it's classic. Mm-hmm. And The Omen. The Omen. Good. Yeah. The original? Oh, yeah. I thought the remake was pretty good too. Yeah, the remake was really good. Yeah. Now that's a freaky movie. What about the Amityville movies? Did you see those? You know what? I have not not seen those. I was just seeing the first, the original. You know, and I have it. Like, I know people don't have the CDs anymore or the discs. Yeah, right. Or the, what is it? DVD. DVD. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> that was like five years ago. I was like, the compact discs. What are they called? The Walkmans. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> everything else but that. No, I don't have. I mean, I do have that. I have the actual DVD, but I've never, never seen it. Well, you gotta check it out one night. I definitely will. Dark, quiet. Yeah. Check it out. See how, see how it feels. Maybe by yourself. Yeah. Kind of a thing. Yeah. No, I, I love watching scary movies by myself. I absolutely love it. Yeah. Usually if I'm here by myself, she'll be doing a photo shoot or something. If I have that opportunity. Yeah. Late at night, I think, maybe I'll watch something scary. Just to give myself a little bit of fear. Sometimes it's yeah. Both y'all really both y'all are really artsy. How does that like work with your dynamic and your relationship? Like how do even like little things? Because I know artists are kind of like when it comes to like attention to detail, that's mm. like the big thing, right? So when it comes to, like things in the house, is it is chores like a huge thing, or like what's it what's it like living yeah, with another artist? Not necessarily. Um, I think we're both kind of picky and particular in our own ways that sure. complement each other. You know. Uh, whether it's me not cleaning up something or her not cleaning up something, it's it's just it's kind of an unsaid thing that it just it gets cleaned up yeah. one way or the other. But uh, as far as you know, design and stuff like that, when I moved in, and I told you it was 2011 yeah. when I moved in, and my ex that was here with me, she did not like the carpets and she wanted to do uh, stained concrete, so she started ripping the carpets up, or she just ripped one up one day and I got home and just saw that it was ripped up and I'm like, all right, we're going to do this. Okay. So yeah. never got done. 
<laughs> all the carpet got taken up, but nothing ever happened with the oh. floors. So I just had concrete floors for many years because yeah. I didn't want to pay for Absolutely flooring. Not. I, you know, yeah, like no. I don't, I'm not a huge fan of carpet. Just the same. That's why I was, I was okay with it, yeah. you know, happening, but I wasn't ready. I didn't have a plan, you know, to carry on with. Yeah, so it's not your original idea. No. So, you know, and, and then factor in all my furniture was mostly hand-me-down stuff. My sure. goal was work and writing music. That was pretty much it. And taking care of that doofus uh, husky, Ichabod. <laughs> and that's all I focused on, really. Yeah. You know, just having a good time when I can, invite sure. people over. And then when I did have people over, people made messes. So concrete floors are Obviously. great for that. Yeah. Old furniture. That actually that. makes it. Yeah. <laughs> so was not a priority. So when she came into the picture... She helped with the flooring. She helped with getting furniture, uh, you know, nicer stuff. Yeah. And, you know, I wasn't opposed to anything. It's just, these are just things that I didn't find myself wanting to spend money on. And also money was tight because, you know, my ex and I split up and I basically am living a lifestyle for two. And mm -hmm. I had I had some debt also. So I just had a lot of catching up to do and a lot of sure. um, just trying to stay afloat. Yeah, so sure. also when she came into the picture and contributed and we're kind of doing this together, I, I'm able to save some money, have extra money to put towards nicer things, you know, furniture right, right. and things like that. So, and as far as our styles go, I think uh, she can be a little girly and have beanie baby owls everywhere. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. Okay. <laughs> What a trained observer. But huh? I have music, you know, music equipment everywhere. But yeah, she, sure, sure, she sure. plays guitar and she loves music, heavy music. So yeah. it all works out. Yeah. Is that how y'all met through heavy music? And Yeah. Yeah. She, uh, we met through Andrew yeah. Patterson. Andrew, you know, our first show, Design of Destiny, uh, he had her shoot the show. Where was and, that at? Uh, Curtain Club. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He had her get with me or me get with her sure. to give her a ticket for the show. Sure. And so we just started talking and yeah. never stopped. Yeah. Pretty, Hell yeah, <laughs> pretty much. We came together really fast. And yeah. it was uh just new. Very weird I mean, how how easy it was to mesh yeah. together. And still is. I forgot who we were talking to recently, that we just we don't argue that much. And if we do, it's just little stupid stuff and yeah. I'd say I think I had a lot more anger issues. I've not mm -hmm. been a good partner in the past. And it's just something that I've grown through and still deal with. I still get angry at stupid things all the time. Yeah. And it's just how I filter it. I don't have to dwell on things. I don't have to amplify things like I used to and not right. even realize that I was doing it. Just like you said, bringing stuff home from work or whatever. Very yeah. guilty of that in the past. I try not to do that at all anymore. And it's sometimes it's hard, but... Yeah. You just have to realize that you don't have to be pissed off and stay upset all the time. I can be yeah. as pissed off as possible in one moment just because of something dumb. And then all this other stuff comes flying into my head that, that makes me mad. And it's a fire. Just I'm just fueling the fire with oh, all yeah, these totally. stupid negative thoughts. And and then, you know, sometimes it just feels good to hit stuff and kick stuff and, you know, get get it out. But then you break something and yeah. <laughs> realize how it's stupid that was. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's just growing pains, but as far as arguing, if she were to make me mad about something, you know, where she's upset about something and I don't know, making me feel bad about it, I don't have to be a dickhead. 
Mm -hmm. know, I can just be a little upset. I can be a little hurt. I can be a little emotional. I can be whatever in that moment and not have to be a tyrant, you know? And uh, because I I say it that way because I feel like that's what I've been in the past and it's just, it's stupid and it's not good for relationships. (laughs) Yeah, no. Very much not. not good for relationships. So I think that's part of it. I've gotten in situations where I would get mad and it's like I would have to tell a joke to make myself laugh so I would stop being upset. Yeah. That's that's how that's how I can get at this point and that's it's for both of our benefits. Yeah. <laughs> for me yeah, to that's make my myself biggest, laugh. I, I think that's probably the thing I probably got in the most in trouble for as a kid just at the possible worst timing just make light of it, you know. Yeah. So I always got in trouble with that shit. Or was laughing when I got in trouble, I'd laugh all the time and I don't know <laughs> now I don't know if that like it was because I thought it was funny or just maybe a defense mechanism. I'm going to say defense mechanism because sure. I don't know. I was a kid. Right. You know, kids do stupid shit and that's how I defend my kid self. But no, it's probably <laughs> me being an actual dickhead. No, but uh, <laughs> no, I don't know. But I, now, I mean, now I don't laugh at everything when, you know, things get hard. I don't think it's funny or right. But I mean, yeah, it's just, that's it's probably my biggest thing. I was like, oh, you're always messing around. Like, just stop. Yeah. You know? Does it mean you, you don't take it seriously or you yeah, don't yeah, think yeah. that it's serious? It's just, man, what are you going to do? What 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 benefit is it going to be to be pissed off about it yeah, instead agree. of just laughing and getting those better chemicals flowing in your body? Totally. You know? Yeah, my wife knows I'm not the argumentative type. I'm very like, let's say we argue about something. I'm like, all right, just, okay, sorry. Or if I'm really mad, I'm like, just give me a moment. We'll talk later. You know, but yeah, like I said, I'm just not argumentative at all. And like, there'll be sometimes where... You know, she's like really in the moment. Like she's like, you know, you can kind of tell when like your partner's like, why don't you want to argue with me? You know, that yeah. kind of like mentality. I know I'm no saint, but like there, there have been moments where I'm like, do you know we argue because we both want the same thing? You just think your way is right. <laughs> it gets more mad. Yeah. So no, but uh, yeah, that's, I, I'm just not an argumentative type. I'm very passive. Go with the flow. Mm-hmm. Maybe too passive sometimes. Yeah. You know, maybe there's a time. Yeah. To not be. And you'll know when that time is. Yeah. You know, I feel like I'm that way at work with a lot of my guys. I'm a supervisor. Yeah. Superintendent. Commercial plumbing. Oh, hell yeah. So, you know, I've got guys that work under me and I don't, I don't like, you know, telling people what to do or if they're being unruly or something or not doing what they're supposed to. I don't want to be a dickhead. Yeah. I've had that experience and I, you know. Maybe it's made me who I am today, and I'm just, I'm making a mistake by being too soft. I have no idea, but I know that I can be hard if I wanted to, you yeah. know, or if that's what if that's what they need. You I'm know? not your friend. I'm your boss. Yeah, I wanna, you know? and, and I don't yeah. want to be like that. And I also don't want to be your best friend either. I mean, you know, it's just right. We're, it, it's that weird we dynamic. To you've got to you've got to balance. Like, I mean, I don't think I'll ever be in the position. Not soon. I mean, yeah, definitely not soon. That like I'll be a supervisor, but you know, that's one of the things that does come with it. You know. Yeah, it's a bubbly just, right I now. mean, just understanding how people work on an individual level. I mean, yeah. everybody has their problems. I don't have to know everything that the guys are going through. But if I do happen to know, that sometimes that helps me yeah, know how to talk to them if they're upset about something or, you know, whatever. It's just you got to be able to factor in as much as possible, I think. Yeah. I, that's what I tell the guys. I, I want you to be as happy as possible because I know you don't enjoy being here. I don't, you know, <laughs> but I'm trying to make the best of it. Yeah, we're all no, actively can. seeking less responsibility as humans. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah, let the robots make more money let doing absolutely do less. Yeah, right. I'm sure we'll be there. 
at some yeah. point. Oh, yeah. Very soon, I think. All right. Last little bit that I wanted to talk about. I always ask my guests about depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. If there's anything that you've gone through or, you know, maybe somebody you know has gone through stuff and you have some insight you want to share. But I also wanted to mention grief. That's something that I haven't mentioned a lot of. Because mm-hmm. I know that we pretty much all go through grief at some point, whether it's you know losing a family member, losing a pet mm-hmm. or something, or making a bad decision, that kind of stuff sticks with you. So I just wanted to see if there's anything that you have experienced or you know been close to that you wouldn't mind sharing, or if you had advice on you know somebody going through anything like that. Yeah, of course. Like I mean, I've got. I, it's not even a bragging thing, but I've got like tons of stories of how maybe grief or uh, kind of maybe regret has mm. affected me, especially mm-hmm. in a job, you know, because I don't think I've had too many close people to me passing, you know, thankfully, you know, it, it's going to happen, right? I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, but one of my buddies committed suicide last year. And then a couple months after that, uh, one of my best friends, he told me he was, we were, we were going to lunch that day and he just kind of said it out loud and i think he was kind of mustering up the courage because it was, it was kind of awkward he was like you know what i tried to kill myself last night and i was like what what do you mean and he was like i put a gun in my head and i almost killed myself i was like oh shit wow i was like well you know i'm glad i didn't do it yeah but, you know do you mind me asking why and he just had a ton of reasons right and i was like honestly i could see how you feel that way and i told him i was like this job doesn't make it any better you know, I wish I could do more to alleviate those things. I just, I can't, but I'm here for you. I know what your feeling isn't like, you know, I know you don't want to feel that. Mm-hmm. And if I could help you, I would. And if you want to solve it, let's figure it out. If you want to, let's do it together. Like, do you want to progress? Do you want to move forward? I mean, I know you don't want to feel this way, but what do you want to do? So the long short of it, he ended up getting better. He went to a hospital and he stayed there for a good while. And we're pretty close because... Our kids are the same age, and obviously we're in the same class, right? Out of the same class, like the academy class together, mm-hmm. right? So now he's better than ever, and I think depression and anxiety is kind of, I think now it's so common, it's to meet someone with anxiety or depression and be like, oh, yeah, have it too, LOL, you know? Or, sure, yeah. right. You know, it's That's kind of why I ask, Yeah, because everybody has a different perspective or different experience with that stuff, so it's yeah. good to know. Yeah, and I think when you meet someone who's like maybe prior military or for me like law enforcement we deal with that we deal with death all the time and sometimes we're just so cold to it i know Mm -hmm. at least me i'm so cold to it when it comes to actual death but when it comes to the emotion that maybe was the facilitating process to kind of push that person you know to kill themselves or to do that like it's it's super serious for me and i remember the first time i had to take off of work it was do you remember that storm it was like Everybody was like shut in from like a few days. We had we couldn't do shit. You remember that? Yeah. Like it was, yeah. So I ended up having to go to work. Obviously, right? Because you know, <laughs> still, you know, people are still, there's some bad guys out there, right? Right. So or if at least you know, best case scenario, just needing help. It was me and my buddy. We just we were riding together because if you rode separately, maybe your assist couldn't get to you in time. So we just rode together. Fuck it, right? Mm-hmm. And we got this call. It was like no details on the call. But this guy was, like, saying he needed help at the apartment because his friend or something went there. I don't even remember what it was, but it was just super vague, right? So we get there, 
and I'm riding passenger, and I see him jumping out in the middle of the street. He's like doing jumping jacks in the middle of the street, I thought, but he was like waving us down, right? So he was like really trying to get our attention. Mm-hmm. We pull up, and I jump out, and he hands me like a kid, like, and for the life of me, like I I couldn't tell you what the kid looked like, right? But the kid was he was four. He weighed about the exact same as my daughter, right? He had blood from like his mouth and he was like throwing up and shit. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Obviously he didn't do it, right? Mm -hmm. But he spoke Spanish and he was like, hey, take care of him, take care of him, right? And I was like, what's going on? So I put him in the back, the kid in the back seat. I was like, you know, this is, this is really weird. He's not being evasive, but he took my friend, my partner, he took him to the the house and I didn't think anything was dangerous, right? Because the kid didn't look beat up or anything like that, right? Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, the kid's sick or something. So I'm looking at him, and the kid's like really lethargic. And I was like, something's really wrong with this kid. And we got to figure it out. And while I'm talking to the kid, trying to ask him if he was okay in Spanish, and if he needed help or, you know. And my partner, he screams for me. He's like, he's like, hey. Everybody calls me Benny at work, right? They're going to call me Benavidez every time, right? <laughs> so I'm like, Benny. I was like, what? So I turn around, and he's running towards me, and he grabs me. He's like, hey. We got to go in the house. There's like four or five people still in here. I was like, what do you mean? He was like, I don't know. He's saying, he was like, I ran in there. He was like, they left the generator on. I was like, oh, fuck. So they closed all the doors and the windows and they left the generator running in the fucking house. Because that was the ice storm you're talking about, right? Yeah. So all the power went out in a lot of places. So they, uh, so I ran in there and there was at least four people in there, right? And that kid, his mom and dad were, let's say the far left right there were that back left room and the mom and the dad were still there and there was two other people that were still yeah so there's four people there there was a roommate and another roommate one was in the front thankfully because he was the easiest to get but i remember running in there and you can't smell a carbon monoxide mm-hmm. but I, I smelled it man like i fucking you know when like a something was turn wrong. the gas burner on you you can smell it you know you're not supposed to, but if there's enough of it, you can totally smell it. So I smelled it and I was like, oh shit. And by that time, it was my first time going in there. So I didn't know that one, there was a lot of carbon dioxide in the house. Two, you had to turn the generator off. And three, we had to get everybody out of there. Yeah. And I didn't know if they were dead. Right. Because I assumed they were all dead. But I mean, you try to hurry up and get them out of there as fast as you could. So we ran in there. Everybody was in their own rooms and I was already out of breath because I didn't know what to expect when I ran in there. And I panicked. So I pulled my baton out and I started smacking the windows with the baton, busted open all the windows, you know, to get some right. air in there. Right. Because that was just my fight or flight. I was like, fuck. I was like, if I run out, like I had that like split second. So I was like, okay, if I run out, I have to run back in. Maybe I run back in with a little more breath than I had when I ran in here, but not much. Right. Right. So I didn't know if they had any back doors, but I knew that, you know, maybe they had one or, you know, we at least go out the front, but just had to clear people out of there right so i grabbed the mom and then we started calling for more people to get over there and by that time people got over there because the storm was so bad we ended up getting everybody out i don't know how long it took us maybe it took us worst case scenario maybe it took us like five minutes to get everybody out there but not terribly long but long enough to know that like we should have and that's a part of me that wishes we could have done better right mm-hmm. but everybody ended up making it except for the dad and uh I found out later, the little boy, he was under the dad, and Mm. he didn't know what was going on. The guy, when he called, 
he didn't know what was going on, but he smelled it. And he's like, oh, shit. But he heard screaming from the other room, and it was the kid. So the dad was smothering the kid, not, you know, to kill him or anything, but he was smothering him because he, he knew something was wrong. And so he was, like, on top of the kid. Right. So that was the only reason why the kid was still, you know. Wow. Breathing and alive. So pulled everybody out, and I assumed everybody was dead when we pulled him out. But fire got there. They ended up resuscitating everybody that got there or that was pulled out. Except for the dad. They pronounced him dead on scene, I think. And um, I took off like the next few days. I was like, fuck this. Like, <laughs> right. yeah. I, had, I was dealing with like a lot of regret and grief too. I mean, I didn't know them, right? But I mean, I felt so bad. Right. Right. And that fucked me for a long time. Like, it still kind of does, right? I still kind of, you know, you could always do better, right? Sure. But. And it's always easier to see. Yeah. <laughs> after the fact. So, and that's just, like I said earlier, that was a. That was probably one of the biggest things that I dealt with that I was like, fuck. I mean, we deal with death all the time, sure, right? And people die, right? But that really affected me. Yeah. So. I can imagine. That's tough, man. Just like you say, you, I mean, you, you almost have to be desensitized to, a, to an extent. Because oh, yeah. if you have moments like that often, then you might be forced to miss a couple of days all the time yeah because you're just you just can't deal with it oh yeah yeah it was a lot like at that time like i was super mad at like not myself really because i knew and i still know we did the best we could right but just you know you just wish things turned out differently right it's just kind of that human mentality just like not knowing how to process so many emotions at one time and that's all it was and Mm -hmm. you know but and i don't think for a second that those things i should have just disregarded those feelings i had should have just just been disregarded you know those are i should have and i'm glad i did take time and and i try not to bring it home but i told my wife about it and you know she like cry with me and you know we sat there and kind of had to talk about it and kind of reassured me and stuff but yeah grief's grief's a real man obviously but yeah yeah i think that's good that you did experience that and take take some time yeah you know where somebody could say no just you know suck it up you know that shit's gonna happen they did what they did it happened it's you know just move on which, you know, you could do that and you might be okay for a while, but sure. the shit's going to come back. Yeah. And you're not going to be prepared for it. Yeah. Because it's going to be after something else bad happened. And then you're going to be dealing with both of those at the same time, probably. Yeah. That's the way I would think. So, yeah, it's good to stop and breathe. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Do you have any experience with meditation at all? Actually, yeah. So, there's, is it a podcast? Yeah, it's a podcast, I'd call it. Uh, do you know who Sam Harris yeah. is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So That's I how to, I got into meditation. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I uh, I listen to Sam Harris not often as I'd want to, but I'd bought a couple of his books, and I think towards like the latter end of a couple of his books, he started talking about meditating, and then he kind of hit it hard. Like yeah. he took it and he ran with it, but he talks about meditating and like not just actually closing your eyes and thinking about things, but actually feeling what it's like to not feel anything. You know, at that time, actually meditating, actually letting, Mm -hmm. you know, letting everything go and don't think about what you're going to eat tomorrow or what you're going to do after you meditate. Just feel the sensation of your toes, all those little things, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. That's helped me a lot. That's good stuff. That's what's definitely helped me. Yeah. For somebody that, that doesn't know and hasn't experienced it, if you can do that 10 seconds for a day. Oh yeah. Totally. Just not thinking about anything. Yeah. you, You really... Even if you don't feel a sense of relief afterwards, you at least become very aware of how much shit just flows into your brain that you just latch onto just and then just yeah. c- 
can't stop thinking about. You know, just like you said, something, some random thought about tomorrow comes up. I'm going to stop thinking about stuff for 10 seconds. Yeah, and then yeah, something sure. comes into my head. Oh, don't forget tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then I just start thinking about tomorrow. Yeah. You know? And then you're like, oh, I shouldn't have, I should be meditating. I should have been not thinking about something. You know, yeah. you just, this little like spiral you do. Yeah. And you've been there for five minutes already and you still don't have 10 <laughs> seconds under your belt. Yeah. <laughs> of nothing. <laughs> yeah. He's got the, I think it's called a waking up podcast and it's a waking up app too, or. Yeah. Yeah. It was the waking up podcast and he, he changed it to making sense because the meditative app was uh, waking up. That's right. I don't want to get it confused. That's right. That's right. That's right. Politics and other stuff. You yeah. Know? <laughs> Hell yeah. He and Richard Dawkins, I guess, but I did like a Christopher um, Hitchens. Yeah. Christopher Hitchens. They mm. were kind of like, I started reading when I was like in high school and they kind of, kind of pushed me to like a different, you know, thought process and thinking about things sure. differently. And I was so super grateful for them. And like, even now, like I even, you know, I approach problems differently, even at work. Like, I'll approach problems as practical as I can, being as objective as I can, not, you know, not handling things with so much emotion, you know. And I kind of owe a lot of it to, you know, all the, you know, passages maybe I read in the books or, you know, whatever they might have said in a podcast or whatever. Just those things help me out a lot. And I, I promise, I don't even know if, who's going to listen. But seriously, like, if you're really thinking about, uh, you know, meditating or things just kind of feel like an overload, just... Yeah, download that uh, Waking Up app. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty enlightening. Yeah, it usually has a free, free yeah. month on there for anybody yeah. that wants to try it out. I mean, yeah. it, it is expensive. I'll be straight up. It's sure. expensive. But it's great. There's yeah. a lot of good conversations on there that he's had with, with other people, uh, other meditators and other people in that realm. There's a ton of other stuff that I haven't even looked yeah. at yet. Being mindful and yeah. uh, using some meditation, meditative stuff, is it's priceless, Yeah, I think agree big agree so if you are struggling try that month yeah last thing i wanted to ask especially in your position being in law enforcement what is one thing you wish people would do more of <sighs> doesn't sound corny but just just be mindful of each other like just as long as people just treat each other like how they want to like the golden rule man like as long as people treat each other how they want to be treated that's that's all it is man because i promise that's all it is because i've Man, I've met some really bad fucking people. Like, some really bad fucking people. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, if it wasn't for that encounter, and they talked to me probably how they did, like, just, you know, when the fight's over, like, you you pick them up, you dust them off, and you send them on their way, right? But, you know, there are moments after that to where, you know, I, I've asked people, like, why would you do that? Like, why did mm -hmm. you do that? Like, you know, you almost, you know, I could have killed you. Like, why right. would you do that? And they're like, I was fucking scared. I don't know. You know, they say stuff like that, but I know that, like, that humanity side of people like it's not that it's approachable but i mean for lack of a better term it's humanity is approachable like i mean it's as long as you guys are honest with each other and just treat each other in the same way like you'd want to be treated that's really all it is yeah that's that's cool that you would ask you know if you're genuinely curious about <laughs> why would you do that versus where i could see somebody else being like man why the hell did you do that that's that was stupid you know yeah. and then just like making fun of the person yeah you know i'm sure you could if you're still heated up or you know worked up or whatever you might you might approach it that way but yeah. to ask just hey out of curiosity what just happened yeah you know, why why would you do that i mean because you might learn something yeah you know? and they might realize that they were obviously wrong and you know i can't say it's going to fix them but no yeah. know, just the realization yeah and, and maybe the humanity that you would show you know being like this, I didn't want to do that. 
we could have avoided this whole thing. Yep. You know, now we can talk about it. And now you got to go to jail. It. Now I got to do paperwork. <laughs> like, yeah, come on, right. man. Yeah. Like, this is a loose list situation. <laughs> right. I could be out doing, I don't know, out, you know? Just yeah. Hanging out. Like, what do you do? And you could be out of jail. What are you doing? Yeah. So, people are people. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. I appreciate you well, sharing, me, man. sharing your stuff and stories. And maybe one day we can talk about the stuff that you can't talk about now. Yeah. <laughs> You could share some different stories later. Yeah, I've got hella stories, but that's for another day. <laughs> right on. All right, sounds good. Hell yeah. Thanks, man. Bye, everybody. Rusty's Escape Pod. Rusty's Escape Pod.